Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to your next uh, Outcast Catholic episode. We've got some Outcast hosts with you here. I've got text messages coming in. I'm looking at my phone for another note here. Last episode, we got people walking into rooms and stuff. Well, they're getting ready for their wedding rehearsal here. This is a very professional, put-together operation. It's a first-class outfit right here. But you are Father Shane Demon. I am. And I'm Father Travis Crotty. Yes, well said. As you heard already in the introductory music. Maybe you didn't skip it. Maybe you did. Most skip it. Let's be yeah. honest. Let's yeah. Let's be honest. We have to listen to it, which is kind of dumb. <laughs> Every single time. I don't know if you know that. Like, so the the type of mixing board we have. This is there's no editing that happens in Outcast Catholic. Right. Hence, random intros like we just had. Right. But all of it is just it's pre-programmed into the thing. So like we push record and then push the button for the music. So we have to listen to it every time. Might you do us the favor of just listening to it once in a while? They probably did the first time. They're like, okay, been there, done that. Let's just skip through it. That's right. Because I'm sure if it's a 30 second clip that they hit that 15 second, you know, they fast forward right. button twice, then they are. They're right to the intro. Yeah. It's good to be with you again, Father. Likewise. You know, um, it's been fun to get together with the clergy recently because we just had a really big event with Sister Miriam James Highland. Right. You put on. Well done. Well, thank you. It was, it was good. Yeah. And that was my first. That was my first clergy day. That's just shocking. Like we do four of these a year, but with COVID, like you're just out of the rhythm and we are out of the rhythm, you right. know? So it was, it was great to be, to be together with everybody and beautiful campus and uh church at Ida Grove. Yeah. I the don't new, know if anyone has ever been to Ida Grove or from the new Sacred Heart there. Church there. Well, we call it new. It's probably 10 years old now, but, but it's um, great. And really just really nice space. The mm-hmm. parish hall that's there. That was beautiful. But then I just loved, and I told, I told uh, sister <clears throat> Miriam this right after she gave our presentations just a couple talks we had just in like a day kind of conference retreat um and then had time to pray together in the afternoon but i had just seen her with with you and we're at steubenville in rochester minnesota and i'm just so grateful that the things that she's sharing with our presbyterate it's kind of been like the meat and potatoes of my time in seminary Mm -hmm. it's just like healing and intimacy with the lord and understanding our identity especially as men as beloved sons before we can receive this identity as fathers and like right. what it looks like that's what we've been talking about i mean it was just like it sounded like another wonderful formation conference that i'd had in seminary mm-hmm. and i i thanked her i said i'm so glad that now my students in this younger generation is being able to receive what i've had through my tenure of seminary but now my brother priest in the presbyterate and just kind of coming to the same awareness of a need for uh, the lord's intimacy and his love in our right. life it's nice that we're actually just getting real with people, right? And there's a tie-in that, hey, formation is actually bearing fruit, and people still need to hear all this, right? including the clergy, even after they're out of seminary. right? For those of our listeners who don't know Sister Miriam, <clears throat> she's nationally known. She speaks at a lot of youth events like Steubenville Conferences, the Seek Conference, things like that. Um, but her, her real passion is speaking to clergy and uh she has got a custom of helping out with the John Paul, John Paul II Healing Institute out of Tennessee. They do quite a few uh, healing retreats around the country that she and others assist in. Um, and she particularly is, is you know, quite interested and moved in her heart to help priests and also religious in those healing institutes. That's really where her love is, 
but she is very gifted and equipped to speak at a, a number of different levels on a number of different topics to various age groups. Mm-hmm. And um, she's come here to Northwest Iowa and spoken a, a number of times now to youth retreats or rather youth conferences, but also um, kind of the Bishop's Dinner a few yeah, years ago, yeah, yeah. speaking for, on behalf of Catholic Education. But it was great to have her back. I told her we're kind of running out of groups for her to speak to here in Iowa. What I love, though, so I've only actually seen her in big uh, settings like right. Seek and Steubenville's and things like that. And I right. just in different videos, people's podcasts she's been on and her own podcast and things like that. I missed her when she spoke on our podcast because you were there at Christ Her Life Conference where right. she was able to speak. Right. But she's just a real deal because the way she spoke to our group of about 50 priests was the exact same intentionality that she speaks to 18,000 college students at the Seek Conference. Imagine that authenticity. Uh, I know, right? right? And so that's what I was just so <laughs> grateful for that everybody got to receive that. Yeah, it was great. I mean, and the way she speaks about some of the healing work that she's done with other priests, some of the the crosses that she's seen them carry, and how that affects her her kind of feminine motherly heart in a very profound way, and she shows that vulnerability. Uh, I mean, people were just you know, moved to tears as she absolutely. was even presenting at times. Yeah, absolutely, it's quite moving. What a gift! I hope she keeps going for another hundred fifty years. It's great. Please, God. Yeah, the church needs her. So, And many more like her. How wonderful it is for the feminine heart to speak to the masculine heart, you know, because she just held the room. You could have heard a pin drop in there the whole time. Oh, yeah. She had all these priests who were used to getting up preaching, all these priests, you know, used to having their own ideas. And um, it was just really moving to hear, you know, this this feminine heart just be able to silence a room and say, men, this is what we need to get to. Exactly. Go into the vulnerabilities. I will lead you. <laughs> right. It was great. Father, um, it's September. It is. It's September, and we're getting close to one of my favorite times of the year. Ah, do you tell? It's like Holy Week times two. Oktoberfest. Uh, close. <laughs> Let's go to Bavaria right now and join Oktoberfest. I don't even know with COVID in Europe if Oktoberfest is going on. But anyways, we're close. We're close. It's actually the same time as Oktoberfest. I know. There is this very, 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 very intense time of the liturgical year right at the end of September, kicking us off into October that I just think is just, it's awesome. Okay. <laughs> it's just exciting every year. Um, and when you get to pray these liturgies and preach on some of the great saints that these days include, uh, I just think, I find it uplifting for everybody, especially if you're a daily mass goer. If you're not a daily mass goer, that's all right. Um, you should become one. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. If you're not. <laughs> you parish might not offer masses you can actually go to, but you could ask for them and then they might. Right. But if you're not spiritually ready for that, you know, even just looking up the saint of the day and doing a quick reflection on them. Yeah. Um, doing a quick little meditation. Well, some people are actually in the Liturgy of the Hours in my prayer morning prayer. Absolutely. Office of Readings has these daily readings from the saint of the day, which is great. Right. So as we as we end up, you know, you know, kind of concluding this month of September, looking forward to this, you know, on like September 29th, we're going to have the feast of the uh, the guardian, or, or excuse me, archangel, archangels. The next day, on the 30th, we're going with Saint Jerome. Then we've got Therese, the little flower, on October 1st. What else? Keep it coming, right? Guardian angels on Bam. on um, October 2nd, and then next, next we've got well Bartolo Longo. We should we need to do a whole episode on him. I don't even know who that is. Oh, you don't? No. Former Satanists become this great missionary of the Rosary in southern Italy? No. All right, that's stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for a future episode coming to you live from Outcast Catholic. <laughs> coming. Then on October 4th, we got Francis of Assisi. October Bam. 5th, St. Faustina. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And even before that week, I mean, you've got Padre Pio 
you know, like on uh, September 23rd, Robert Bellarmine on September 17th, Matthew, that feast day on September 21st. So as, as the sep- month of September wraps up and we go into October, you know, there's just huge, huge feast days coming up. You well, know, and just quick, to for those who haven't been like a daily mass goer, your experience of Sunday mass is it's like Sunday masses trump a lot of the smaller saints feast days, actually all of them, right? except for the occasional... Sometimes, like a Marian feast, like the Solemnity of the Assumption that just happened recently in August, that fell on a Sunday and actually like was celebrated on the Sunday. But normally, the Sundays through ordinary time are are just the twenty third Sunday of ordinary time, twenty third right. Sunday of ordinary time, and we don't exactly get to like celebrate the 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 saints together in church. But there is this joy as a priest when you have a lot of just normal ordinary time days and you're just like grinding right. through the green and you're reading through <laughs> and you're reading through the uh um just like the the normal readings which is nice and mm-hmm. hearing about the scriptures it's great to just kind of hone in on all right throw the white vestment on uh and know about these saints well yeah and white and red vestments is just going to dominate the end of September and October um so i just really want to encourage our listeners um as we get to these final months um or these final weeks and days of September going into October, take some time to look up the saint of the day. You might have a phone app that does that. There's different websites that can lead you through that. Liturgy of the Hours can do that. Just Daily Mass can do that. There's some huge witnesses. And you might say, kind of, Father Shane, you're kind of nerding out on all these dead people. No, <laughs> these people are very much alive. Uh-huh. You know, I would not be this excited if, like, for example, the birthdays of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and Abraham Lincoln all lined up in three consecutive days, right? In- very important men carried, you know, this nation to uh, really uh, the identity that helped found it, right? But we're talking about people who are very much alive, yeah, very much who are inter- interceding for us. Not that the souls of all of our deceased presidents are not immortal. That's not what I'm saying. But these these saints that we know are definitively in heaven, yeah who are interceding for us, they ought to be our friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are our friends. They're, they're cheering for us. They're pulling us along. They're interceding for us. And the, the step becomes, and I don't know if this word actually means that it's, it's that different, but um, the difference between an example, so I think our presidents are good examples, mm-hmm. but then the exemplars of the, pre, of the saints who not only show us a good example, but then are actively helping us to like, live out and complete the good work that they've started. Sure. Um, so great a cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on to run mm-hmm. this good race, as St. Paul says. Uh, Hebrews. Hebrews. Maybe St. Paul. We it was know. in Hebrews. As in Hebrews. So it's debatable. Uh, All the scripture know. scholars listening in are going to debate that now. <laughs> you know. um, yeah, these, these are living people, uh, and their witnesses you know, uh, continue to inspire us to this very day. So there isn't really a, a, a person out there that I don't think could find someone to relate to in all of this. Right. You know, um, whether you want to relate to Padre Pio and uh, the great intercessory work that he did for countless people around the world with thousands and thousands of letters arriving in Petrolchina every also, single day. And also an outcast himself, right? Very much Where so. It's like he's kind of in the middle of nowhere and then was kind of rejected in some ways by people for a while. Right. And then in himself struggling with receiving the stigmata, how do you deal with this in humility? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know that we would consider the, the archangels um, kind of an outcast figure, uh, but how comforting it is to know with Archangel's Feast and the Memorial of Guardian Angels for anyone who's just feeling outcast in their faith to know that they are really protected by these invisible beings 
with an enormous amount of, uh, of grace and, and protective power from heaven that right. accompanies us. You are not alone, listeners. Right. Uh, your angels are, are watching over you constantly. Uh, and the invisible realm is deeply penetrating our visible realm in ways that we don't fully understand, but in faith can really appreciate and lean into. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Jerome, yeah, you want to talk about an outcast? Like literally an outcast. Yeah, wanted to live kind of this hermit like life. Li- lives in caves and stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, it's quite a, an inspiration to this day. Hundreds and hundreds of years later, just for his own fidelity to Scripture. Yeah, our last episode, talking about Scripture, he said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of, ignorance of Christ. Yeah. Right. Um, Bartolo Lungo, we're going to just do an enormous <laughs> episode on him. Stay tuned. Francis of Assisi, talk about an outcast. Uh, rejecting all the wealth uh, that his uh, kind of merchant family could have provided for him, literally stripping himself of that in the uh, the main square of Assisi, and not just you know tiptoeing through the fields with with butterflies, but like preaching the gospel radically. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, then on you know October fifth, with Faustina's Saint Faustina's um, feast day, someone who was deeply misunderstood by so many around her given an enormous task of literally uh, receiving not only the sacred or the um, divine mercy image, but being instructed by Jesus when he says, I want an enormous feast day for the universal church declared on the second Sunday of Easter. Go make it happen. Right. Um, Big job, big mission, going to be sustained by grace. Um, But that automatically, you know, would categorize her as someone who's a bit outcast throughout the rest of the world. Right. Um, and then we come up even even on October seventh, Our Lady of the Rosary. Um, we could go deeply into that with the mysteries of the Rosary and everything. But and the Battle of Lepanto, which is awesome. Ooh, very good. Well, that is the patron uh, patronal feast day of our school. So, when Bishop Miller in nineteen fifty two dedicated Galen Catholic, really he dedicated that under day the patronage. Well, under the patronage of Our Lady of the Rosary. Oh, interesting. So I didn't the know first that. time I got to pray with the football team, it, it was like a couple days after. The feast day, I think it fell on a Wednesday last year. Okay. So I got really jacked in the okay. locker room t- talking about the Battle of Lepanto and the definitive moment of the Christian like defense of, of Europe. And sure. It was great. And guys, were they were ready to go after I'm sure. that conversation. I'm sure. There was never a pregame pep talk that has ever happened before in the history of Or probably of will ever happen again. Yes. Yeah. With Father Travis going off on the Battle of Lepanto. For any of our listeners, you can go look that up. Chesterton's got a wonderful poem on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they can go look that up, particularly as they celebrate the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary on October 7th. You know, back to just this kind of like rock star lineup of feast days. Of the Good church. way to say it. It's a rock star lineup. It, it really is. I mm-hmm. remember when I went to college seminary for the first time, the, oh, the mother house of Conception Abbey where I went to college seminary is Engelberg, Switzerland. Yes. Which would be like Angelsburg. Right. right? So they, their first name before it became the Immaculate Conception their first patron was like New Engelberg Abbey. So mm. they have the archangels as their sort of secondary patronal feast after Mary's Immaculate Conception. Interesting. So, But it's right away after we kind of moved in, we're kind of settling into like the flow of life. And then all of a sudden we get to watch the monks celebrate with high solemnity. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful to watch a monastic community who follows liturgical years so well. I was going to say religiously, but obviously they're religious. Mm-hmm. Um but they, they celebrate it so well. So it's like Lent is celebrated as Lent. Advent is celebrated as Advent. And then the high feast days especially. But then it's beautiful to watch this patronal feast that gets even more solemnity because it's patronal feast. So the Benedictines pull out their, uh, oh, 
cowls now yeah they're like big cloaks that have all of these uh oh fleets. I know, yeah yeah i know what you're talking about Cup- cupolas I think yeah 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 called, uh-huh which is great because we hadn't seen them before we're used to their normal habits we're like what are those things are these right. massive sleeves and things like that right but we would always join them for the celebration so I, it just helped it, it, it's just so beautiful to watch how those feast days can really lift the spirits um through just kind of the I don't know, drudgery of life and mm-hmm. college seminary and mm-hmm. philosophy as an 18 year old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I can do the same for us, you know, absolutely. No matter where we find ourselves in life, even if it's the excitement of the new school year, as we're kind of settling in, you can allow these things to actually be celebrations. Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. We're not there yet. Maybe our listeners are listening to it right now in the midst of the final days of September, early October, but the, the list of rock stars is, is awesome for the church. I think it's a little Holy week for the, uh, the fall season. And if you're, if you have children or if you, you know, in the context of a family, a way of feeling not outcast from the faith and of like becoming more deeply invested in the, in the faith is celebrating feasts, like in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can clearly see that that happened in some ways culturally. And we've just lost that in the U S mm-hmm. so we've kind of lost our roots, but those can be brought back in a few different ways. There's a really beautiful book. I forget the author now, but it's about living liturgically in the family um, and in the household. And then there's, of course, a wonderful book called Drinking with the Saints that gives a different cocktail sure. for every feast day of the year. Um, so check out that and then go buy some like really obscure uh, mixers to try to make these uh, sweet cocktails. Well, and I see a lot of parishes bringing back processions for their mm-hmm. parish feast days, knowing that we have to be connected to these things that give us identity. We have to be connected to these saints that were under their patronage and they're interceding for us from their privileged places in heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, these processions are coming back. And this is a great time of year. If you have a parish under one of these saints in the fall, the weather's great. You know, ask your pastor, can we do a little procession? Is there some outdoor prayer services that we can do? Maybe a parish carnival or picnic. Perhaps a pet blessing on our, our St. <laughs> of Assisi. Yeah, that's, that's, always very, that's always very popular on the, on the uh, October 4th feast day. So there's lots of options to kind of note the importance of the saints, uh, not only just for what we get out of them. I mean, it's not like we're trying to use the saints from heaven, but we really want to emulate and, and live up to their great witness and fidelity to Christ. Well, I think that's exactly it, to emulate them. Sometimes there's still this confusion because we live in the midst of our predominantly Protestant country mm-hmm. and, and growing um, secular and, and disaffiliated Christian experience um, to the point where we kind of forget why we even have saints. Um, yeah. you know, why do we, why do we even celebrate these saints and it, are we praying to them? What's going on with that? But I think it's, we're looking to them for their help, right? That if they're living deeply, um, an intimate life with the Holy Trinity and that's where our goal is, then they can help us on our, in our way. Yeah. Right. They can yeah, direct if, us to, to God. Absolutely. And if we want to be found worthy to stand in their company one day, you know, if, if we're just getting excited talking about this rock star lineup, just celebrating their feast days, Imagine, imagine standing like with these 14, 15 saints in person. And that's going to happen. Please, God, we go to heaven. Yeah, praise God. We make it. Um, but to be found worthy of that company should be a daily inspiration for our own quest of holiness. Um, should really be spurring us on as we move forward into the, the deeper life of the Trinity, as you say. So good catching up. Very exciting time for the, the life of the church these days. Thanks to all of our listeners and uh, celebrate these feast days well. All the saints, keep praying for us and keep looking to them for encouragement. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.